God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place today. God, we are in expectation for you to do the impossible in our life. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is anybody excited to be in church today? Come on now. Hey, you can go ahead and be seated right where you're at. If you don't know me, my name is Andrew, and I'm a part of our staff team here at Celebration. And and like Pastor said, we're just delighted that you're with us, whether you're in the building, and for many of you that are online, uh, tuning in from wherever you may be, we are glad that you are with us today. Pastor's giving me 12 minutes to preach, so this is gonna be a short and sweet one. I'm, I'm totally kidding. 15, he gave me 15. Um, and if the Niners win next week, I get 20, but we know that's not gonna happen, so. But I'm excited about what we're talking about uh, just just miracles, just stirring our faith to believe for God to do what we could never do for ourselves. And I want to jump right into our opening text. Uh, I believe that God is going to help us through his word this morning. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24, it says this, Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, say anything. And if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. It will be yours. You know, a lot of times when someone gets up here on stage, it's really easy to think they have their life like put together, like nothing ever goes wrong. and. And I thought I'd start off today by being a little transparent uh, with you guys today. And you guys can, th thank you guys so much. You guys can come back up in like 10 minutes and that'd be awesome. You might as well just <laughs> save your time and sit there. I thought I'd be transparent this morning and, and I thought, hey, be a little vulnerable. And, uh, you know, I asked my wife for permission. I'm not, I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be vulnerable pertaining to an area in her life. And, and uh my, my, my wife, and she did give me permission, my, my wife has battled addiction for a long time. She's battled addiction. I think some of you are like, is he being serious? Yeah, I'm being, being serious. And addiction is like a real, real thing. And uh, for anybody that's dealt with addiction, you realize it can take a toll on your life, really keeping you from the life that God has for you. You know, her battle with addiction um, is, is, is something that has cost our family time. Uh, you, can, you can be going somewhere, it can be an exciting day, and then addiction sets in, and it's like, wow, it really slows things down. Um, addiction can cost you resources. I know for us, we've, we've taken a hit. I can't even get the NFL Sunday ticket because it's addiction. And, and it can cost you resources. Um, addiction doesn't just affect you, it affects the people around you. Can I, can I get a witness? And... Um, and for me, like the time is a big deal, the resources is a big deal, you know, it impacts me, but I've learned how to live my life even while she uh, is believing for a miracle in this area. Uh, but it really hurts me when I see my kids picking up on some of the things she's even going through. Um, when your three-year-old can word for word describe your addiction, there's a problem. Grande, Starbucks, double shot, two pumps of white mocha, non-fat milk, caramel drizzle, and yes, I want a straw. 
My kids can, that's her addiction. That's my wife's addiction. I knew when I married, some of you were hoping to get like some real good nuggets. Uh, be careful who you share things with. Not everyone wants to help you. They just want some details so they know how to hurt you down the road. Anyways, that's, that's, for, that's, that's for next week's message. And I knew when I married my wife, coffee was going to be a big part of our life. There's two things I, 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 need, she, I, I knew were a part of the package. One, I have to kill every spider I see. And two, I have to provide her with coffee. Um, going to Starbucks and grabbing her a coffee was never really an issue. It did take a lot of time. Sometimes the lines were long and I'd have to wait there. But I love my wife. So I'd sit there and I'd wait in line and I'd get her her coffee. And, and I'd do that twice a day, typically. And... Uh, um, I remember a few years back, uh, Starbucks introduced what, what we know as a mobile order, and most places do, but, but this was like a godsend, and, 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 and mobile ordering is amazing, especially for people that lack with patience, and I remember my wife's like, hey, when you go this time, you're not going to actually have to pay for anything. I'm going to mobile order it off my phone and just go to the counter and just find the cup. Uh, that has my name on it. So I was super excited because I didn't have to wait in the line. I didn't even have to take my wallet. I can just show up and grab her coffee. So I go to the counter that I have walked to for years now, and I'm standing at that counter uh, excited, and, but I don't see cups with her name on it. As a matter of fact, there's people that are arriving to the store purchasing their, their drinks, and they're getting it even before I'm... So I'm getting really upset because it's been about 10 to 15 minutes. She mobile ordered this 20 minutes ago. So I look at the barista, and I'm like, do I need to get in line to purchase another coffee? And, and, uh, and she said, sir, did you mobile order it? I said, yeah. She goes, mobile orders are on the other counter. I didn't know they had two separate counters. I, I didn't know how mobile ordering worked. There's one counter where you go to purchase the ones from the store, and there's another counter where you receive your mobile order drink. I believe that God has miracles set aside for every single one of us. Miracles with your name on it. But if you don't know how to receive it, you'll never experience it. Jesus, he says, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. I want to read a story that really led up to Jesus making this statement. A few verses before, there's this scenario that plays out that leads to Jesus telling his disciples that you can believe me for anything, and if you believe you received it, it will happen. There's some things I want to identify in that story that I believe can help us learn to receive, say receive, the miracles that God has set aside for you. In Mark chapter 11, verse 12, this is where the story begins. It says this, the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Verse 20. The next morning as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree the previous day and he exclaimed, look, rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. 
I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. There's, there's a couple of things I want to take out of this story that, that really teach us the art of receiving from God. The first thing that we notice in the story is that Jesus, he said something. He said something. He said something. Then Jesus said to the, to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit of you again. And the disciples heard him say it. He said something. He audibly spoke with his voice. He didn't think something. He didn't, he didn't just daydream about something. He said something. We have to understand that our words are full of power. Our words are full of power. Jesus understood he had to say something because his words were full of power. You may not believe that today, but it really doesn't matter. Your words carry weight. And to, to really help us see this, I thought it'd be important for us to understand even our human makeup, even the way God designed you and God created you. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says this, Then God said us, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Let, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Uh, this is 26 verses into the Bible. There's not a ton that we know about God, but there are some things that we see in the verses leading up to God making this statement, that God created things with his words. We don't know a lot about God, but I do know he said, let there be light, and light was. He said, let the birds and, and, and fill the sky, and the birds filled the sky. God would say it, and things would happen. God would say it and things would move into motion. God would say it and things would come to life. And then he looks at man and says, let's, let's make them like us. Whether or not you want to believe it, when you were designed by God, he designed your words to be full of power. Every one of us in here, we're, we, we see this guy, we see our, our body, we, we see it in the mirror, we, we recognize that we have this natural, physical DNA. But God also wired you as a spirit that has spiritual DNA. And because you're a spirit, there is a DNA that you possess. You know, for us, we, 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 we hit 50 and we start thinking, well, when my dad turned 50, his heart started messing up and so I'm just planning for that. Or maybe you're really, really athletic. You know, people that are so athletic that they take their before and after pictures and like, you'd kill for their before picture. I'm like, that's your, but really? I would do anything for your before. And they're just genetically strong and it just runs in the family. They can have a kid that's two years old and they're already, it's in your DNA, son. You're going to be an incredible athlete when you grow up. We have so much faith for our natural DNA and we minimize our spiritual DNA. I understand that there's things that we can see with our eyes that are easier to believe in, but I'm here to tell you, 
Your father has instilled spiritual DNA that when you speak, things move. You may not want to believe it. You don't really have a choice. I look at my kids. I'm like, sorry, you don't have a choice. You're going to be tall because your daddy is tall. God's looking at us today saying, hey, you don't have a choice. I'm spitting everywhere. Gee, oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Did I wet one of you guys? Stay six feet away. And, and so God is trying to teach us that because I wired your words to have power, whether you like it or not, your words have power. What are you saying? What are you saying? Well, what are you talking about? Are you talking doubt or are you talking what you're expecting to see? Are you looking at your kids and calling them what they are or are you calling them what they're supposed to be? What are you saying? Miracles are not going to be received if you don't start using your God-given words. He said something. He said something. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Jesus, he didn't just say something, but he also believed what he said. He believed what he said. He believed what he said right here, verse 23, but you must really believe, you must really believe it will happen. You got to really believe what you say. You got to really believe what you say. Apparently it's possible to say something and not really believe it. And if I don't believe what I'm saying, there's no power to what I'm saying. I think for a lot of us, we would think we believe. I mean, we, we would believe this, we would believe that, and maybe you're in here and you're trying to really figure out, well, what do I really believe? Like, I, I, I know how to talk the talk, but do I really believe what I'm saying? You know, for me, one of the, one of the great indicators that helped me, and, and I hate experiencing it, but, but pressure has this way of bringing out my true colors. It really does. It's easy to say you're an overcomer until you have something to overcome. It's easy to say you're blessed and highly favored until they start laying people off at your work. When pressure presents itself, where do you stand? I remember when I was growing up, I used to hang out with like a rough group of kids, and uh, I wasn't really rough or tough. They, they were tough enough to make up the difference for my lack of toughness. I didn't tell them I wasn't tough. I just never had to prove anything to them. I knew them my entire life. I didn't have to do anything. Even if someone wanted to fight me, which was rare because I was bigger than most kids um, and adults, um, I, it didn't matter. They would end up fighting them for me. And, and so I, I remember on this one specific day, I seen this guy, and I was feeling a little peppy. It was Christmas. I was happy. I got some good gifts that day. And I'm sitting outside with my buddy, one of my tough buddies, and I see this guy walking down the street, and I'm thinking, he's not gonna, there's two of us, he's not gonna come, and it's Christmas. Who wants to fight anybody on Christmas? And so I'm talking mad trash. I'm yelling at him. I'm saying, and when you're not really a gangster, you, you just quote lines from movies. You don't really have anything that you're representing. And so I'm quoting movies, hoping my friend hasn't seen. He didn't have cable, so I wasn't, I know he didn't see that movie yet. So I'm quoting stuff. I'm acting tough. And sure enough, the guy walks up. I really believe, and you know, I'm not gonna lie, I believed I was tough. If you said, Andrew, are you tough? I wouldn't say, I'm tough. Yes, I'm tough. 10 minutes later, this guy comes running back. And I, I start getting a little, a little nervous. All of a sudden, I'm not feeling so tough. He, he pulls a knife, it's Christmas, he pulls a knife out on me and holds it up to my face and pushes me up against the, these, this plywood. I'm thinking, he must not have gotten a good gift for Christmas. Who are your parents? 
It's, you're going to kill me on Jesus' birthday. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous. I, I'm looking at his tattoos, playing connect the dots with the bullet wounds, and, and, I'm reading, I, and, I, and I'm reading the names of the gang he's in, and I'm like, I've seen this on the History Channel. I know what he's supposed to do. And I'm panicking. In that moment of pressure, what I really believed came out. I nearly wet my pants. I, I started to yell. I begged him. I said, sir, um, did I say I wanted to fight you? No, I said I like you. I, I didn't mean anything. Sir, I'm not a gang, a gang member. Shame on gang. No, you're a gang member. You're a great one, but I'm not a gang member. And I'm panicking. I'm complaining. I'm whining. The pressure caused my true colors to come out. When you start feeling pressure, start paying attention to what you're saying because it'll help you to diagnose whether or not you truly believe what you've been preaching about all week long. Jesus believed what he said. He didn't just say it. He believed that it would happen. This is why we need God's word. Because I'm sorry, on the Facebook ads, when you see all the, you know, you're scrolling on Facebook and you've been thinking, man, I've been feeling this random symptom. And it's just, did Facebook read my mind? That's the same thing. I, and we have, so we're, we're surrounded by negativity. We're surrounded by doubt. You are not going to develop your belief system without getting in God's word. I need to know what my God can do. I need to know what my God, can, uh, what my God has said. I need to know what he thinks about my family. I need to know what he thinks about my future. And the the Bible is the only source that will grant you that. If you're lacking faith, you need God's Word. Every morning, every morning at 7 o'clock, we air one of our morning devotionals. Monday through Friday, what are we doing? We're taking the chapter that we read as a church that day. If you're not on the Bible reading plan with us, we don't just read it for fun. We read it because when we speak, we want our words to carry weight. You got to tune in, listen to these things. Show up on Sundays because I promise you, you're not going to hear this on the commercials between halftime. You have to understand God's word is the only place you're going to find the faith that you need. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. So many times we're, we're you, and you, you know what's so awesome? I love what pastor said. Just do what Jesus said to do. When you really have faith, it propels you to act. When you really believe that, it, it propels you and moves you into action. And, and I think it's important to note this because I think sometimes we can maybe overthink faith. Um, Faith is, is, is not, it's not a feeling. It's really a choice. It's a choice that this is what I believe. Can I tell you half the stuff I talk about up here wanting to do, I don't feel like doing it, but it's, I, I gotta make a choice. I gotta choose to believe. I'm choosing to believe that what he said is true. I gotta choose to believe it. So you're, you're wondering how long, just make the choice. I'm going to start there. If you said it, I'm gonna believe it. I may not feel it right now, but I'm gonna believe it over time. Over time, you'll start to feel it a little bit more, but, do, but don't, 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 get too, don't get on your high horse because it's not going to be long where you wake up one morning and I just really don't feel like it. Well, you know what, Andrew? It is a choice. Where do you stand? Where, what do you really believe? It is a choice. And I believe every single one of us can possess the faith that we need that will give life to your words. Number two, he believed, he believed what he said. He believed what he said. And, band, you can help me wrap this up. 
The third thing, really the last thing I want to take note of here, is that when he said it, he had no doubt. He had no doubt. Verse 23, it says, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. He had no doubt. Maybe three, four days ago, I was, um, my daughter had lost her iPod and uh, she was looking in her bag and couldn't find it. And, and so she's crying over her iPod. I'm like, even if we don't find it, it's fine. Like, and I'm like, plus, God knows where it's at. He'll, and she's just crying. So I grabbed her hand. I made all the girls turn off all electronics. And that's like, a, when all electronics go off, for like a, they, they like, their attention is there. They don't know what, what, this must be a serious moment. I said, everybody, grab hands. We're going to pray for Kova's iPod. God knows where it's at. Holy Spirit's our helper. He'll let us know where it's at. And we have angels, and they'll find that iPod, and we'll bring it back. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just really trying to get to dinner, but my daughter's making a big deal. So if it's a big deal, if, it's, if something's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. It doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter if other people think it's silly. If it's a big deal to you, it is a big deal to God. So I said, Kova, give me your hand. We're going to pray. We prayed. We believed that that iPod was coming back into our possession. And, um, and so I said, go give me your bag. We're going to go look back. I looked in my bag, and she did. She, you know, I watched her. I looked in there. I stuck my hand in that pocket. The iPod came right out of that pocket. So she, she's panicked. Oh, my goodness. We just prayed. And, 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 and so that night... She said, Dad, can we pray for something? And it's something for her. It's, it's a physical thing. She said, Dad, can God take that away? Like, he, can he do that? I said, absolutely, Kova. I said, I said, he can totally do it. And then, so I read her this story. And I said, Kova, just like we prayed, we believed we received it. You, we gotta, but you can't doubt. And so she goes, awesome. So we prayed. She was happy. We went to bed. And the next morning we were driving. And she goes, Dad, I think I doubted. And, and I said, because let's be realistic. Is, 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 is that even possible to not doubt? And she said, Dad, I, I think I doubted. I said, Kova, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Because God didn't say not to think about doubt. He said, don't let it get into your heart. And, and I think it's important for us that just because you have a thought of doubt does not mean you're doubting. Just don't let that thought get into your heart. Because it's what's in your heart that ultimately gives power to what you say. Jesus did not doubt. I don't know if he doubted in his mind, but I know he didn't doubt in his heart. So maybe you didn't see the miracle take place instantly. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Not in your mind, in your heart. This is why it's so power to, powerful to pay attention to what you're thinking. Because if you don't deal with these thoughts, they'll slowly make their way to your heart. And then once they get here, this is what gives power to what you say. And so, you know, I, I, I had to explain to her. And, and, I, and I love this story because it says that Jesus looks at this fig tree. He curses the fig tree, and then they walk away. Nothing happened to the fig tree when he spoke to it. Instantly, nothing happened. And I think this is why we sometimes get into doubt. Because we, we prayed and pastor prayed for us. I came up to the front and we prayed and, or I spoke over my kids and I, I declared and, and I believe in that moment there was faith. Like I, you only need mustard seed faith. That's not very much. I know I had at least a, a, a little mustard seed of faith, but, but nothing happened. You know, throughout Jesus' ministry, he'd walk up to people and say, be healed. And they were healed like instantly. 
walk and they would walk the disciples witnesses if i'm one of the disciples and i watched jesus speak to a tree and it didn't move i might start scratching my head that did it really work did that really work but jesus did not doubt the very next day when they walk back past the fig tree they look at the tree and they realize that that tree started to wither from the roots up when he spoke his words put this thing in motion it just didn't happen on the surface level it started at the roots you need to know something today when you prayed that prayer of faith it started at the roots and and, and I don't want someone to start to doubt because they don't think it's not happening. It's starting at the roots. I said, Kova, I know you feel the same. I know you look the same, but I promise you, God is not lying. It's just happening at the root level. It's happening at the root level. I didn't see it today. That's okay. It's happening at the roots. I am the healed of the Lord. I know my kids are still acting up. That's fine. I know they look crazy, but at the root level, something is happening. There's something I learned about roots. Both my parents are from Mexico. It's like they assumed I had gardening in my DNA. I said, Mom, no, I don't. I hate doing that. Andrew, you can do it. Si se puede. Your dad can do it. I can do it. Your grandpa. No, you should have had me raised in Mexico. I'm the first kid born in the U.S. in our family. And so I always had issues when we had to pull out the weeds. And I was lazy. I just grabbed the weeds from the top rip them and rip them and I'd try to get done really really quick my mom would go down and she'd start uh, to examine shout out to my mama she's watching from Mexico love you mom and and so I'm ripping them and I'm ripping them and I'm ripping them she go back and look and if she could see a little bit of green on the surface she knew I didn't get it out of the root and she would make me go back there I don't want to see that weed again pull it out from the root I'm telling you God is dealing with your issue at the root level. And I'm telling you, there will be no trace of what you've been exposed to. There will be no trace of what you've been experiencing. People are going to try to look at your kids and say, that's the same kid that did that. Yeah, God just dealt with it at the root. There's no trace of it. God is dealing with your problem at the root. I don't see it happening. It's okay. It's happening at the root. I pulled a picture of a tree to my daughter. I said, Kova, this is where your miracle started. Kova, this is your miracle start. Kova, don't stop. Keep speaking life. Keep believing. Don't give up. I know many of you in this place are believing for a miracle. I want you to know something. There's a miracle that already has your name on it. And when you declared it, it went into motion. I know that nothing seems like it's changed yet, but at the root, something is happening. Keep on believing. Don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. Do not let doubt in your heart. You will see that tree withered away depression is gonna wither away sickness it's withering away fear it's withering away uh anxiety it's withering away your messed up family it's withering away god has something new in store for you he said something he believed what he said and he didn't doubt just because it didn't look like it was working when doubt wants to creep in remind yourself it's happening at the root it's happening at the root because I believed what I said. I believed what I said, so I'm not going to doubt. It's happening at the root, and it won't be long, but your miracle will manifest right before your eyes. I want to end with this, and I want to invite you to stand to your feet. I'm going to have Tavo sing something just over us that I believe is going to stir up our faith.
As I was praying a couple days ago, just really going through this story, allowing God to just speak to me through his word, I really felt like I, I wanted to share this with you guys. And, and this may not be for everybody today, but maybe it's for somebody. And in Mark 11, verse 13, it says, and this is out of the same story, it says he noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Jesus walks up looking for figs, knowing it wasn't even the season for figs. This is like going to Starbucks in March, trying to order a pumpkin spice latte and getting mad at the barista because they don't have, it's just silly. Jesus is walking over to a fig tree that is not even supposed to have figs, but he's still expecting. This is saying something that seasons or the environment does not define God's expectation. And you shouldn't let it define yours either. Last week, Rob Golden, he spoke and he talked about how, how God had put this dream in him to start a school. And like anybody with common sense, you're probably going to take into consideration the season we're in. Well, schools are closed and God's like, no, I'm not restricted to seasons. I'm not restricted to your environment. Stop thinking like everybody else. Rob, I want you to start the school while schools are closed. But it's not the season. I don't care. I don't allow seasons to define my expectations. Some of us are waiting for things to be perfect before you start to believe. I just want to submit to you today that maybe God wants to do it right now when no one's expecting it. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but his ways are so unpredictable. God can bring a miracle out of left field. And I believe one of the reasons why we fall into doubt is because we don't just believe what God says. We start to figure out how he's going to do it. And when he doesn't do it through the avenue you thought he would, you start to doubt. I'll never forget, and I've shared this story once, other times, the specific part, when we were believing for a miracle in our daughter's physical body, I was so appreciative of the doctors. But I didn't think God was going to do anything through the doctors. I just believed I was going to lay my hands on my kid, and we were going to rip off all of the, all of the breathing machines. She was going to wake up and not be sedated. I just was believing it was going to. I had this vision of how it would happen. But it wasn't happening the way I thought it would happen. And if we get so fixated on how we think the miracle is going to happen, if that's not the avenue God selects, then you might find yourself dealing with doubt. There was a doctor. His name was Dustin. Again, I wasn't expecting anything outside of get my kids, just keep her alive. Dustin walked into that room. We're covered from head to toe. We, we had to be covered based on what was happening. And Dustin looked at me and he said, do you believe in God? And I'm thinking, well, sheesh, I'm a pastor. I didn't, so I said, yeah, I didn't tell him all the details. He says, I want to pray for your daughter right now. And he says, I'm not even supposed to do this. He looked at my daughter's body that looked just lifeless and said, this is a part of the curse and God redeemed us from the curse. So I, and he started to declare, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't know that this was gonna happen. Don't get fixated on how or when. Get fixated on what he said. I believe that I received it. I believe that I received it. My kids are saved. My kids are blessed. My kids will be okay. Some of you, you're 60 and you're acting like you're 90. 
God said, with long life, I will satisfy you. With long life. What's long? If 60 is long, well then have fun. But he said, with long life, I'll satisfy you. I don't care what your environment looks like. I don't care what's happening in our world today. What God cares. He doesn't want us to live our life around that. He wants us to believe no matter what. Some of us right now pay more attention to these natural seasons than the spiritual seasons, and we're missing out on God's best. You already anticipating getting sick in December, and then you're going to be okay January, but then February, you know, this is what happens in our family. Not this year. God's not moved by seasons. God wants the church to look different. The church is not intended to look or act like the world. I have something called faith. Believe. 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 And when doubt creeps in, it's just happening at the root, devil. It's happening at the root. Because doubt will try to creep in, and it's really clever. And it likes to bring facts. And it likes to provide people to come and remind you of how doubtful you should be. But you got to detach yourself from those emotions. Because faith is not a feeling. It is a choice. And I am going to believe. And if you believe that you received it, it'll be yours. I want to pray for you today. God, I just pray for every person in this place that is believing for you to do something incredible. God, according to your word, you have already done everything. According to your word, you are already in our tomorrow. According to your word, that miracle has already been prepared for us. God, we're not asking you to do something new. But God, today we position our hearts to receive what is accessible. We declare healing over bodies in this place today. Disease, you have no place in these physical bodies. In the name of Jesus, we command you to go. You may be thinking, this is silly. If Jesus can speak to roots, we can speak to disease. Anxiety, in the name of Jesus, we bind you over the minds of these people. We command you in the name of Jesus to go. We declare we walk in great peace all the days of our life. Goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. We don't walk in fear. We walk by faith. We don't walk in fear. We walk by faith. God, over every business owner, we just declare the blessing of God that would put such a distinction on them, even in the season that they're in. When businesses are ready to pull back and play it safe, I just thank you, God, that your church will rise up and be an example of your faithfulness. We declare increase in our businesses. We declare increase in our businesses. We will not lack. We will not deal with shortage. We will experience increase. God, you are faithful. You are faithful to your word. And today, we just make a choice to believe what you say more than what we feel. God, you are faithful. You are faithful, God. And God, today we remind ourselves of your faithfulness. You'll never let us down. You'll never let us down. You will never fail us, God. You're never going to let me down. Let's sing this over, over your life, over your life.
We spent all week talking about how we've been let down. I'm here to tell you, God will never let you down. So by faith, allow it to be a declaration. Over your business, God, you're never going to let us down. Over my kids, you're never going to let us down. Over my physical well-being, you're never going to let me down. God, over my future, you're never going to let me down. God, over the dreams that you put in our hearts, you're never going to let us down. greatest miracles, the greatest miracle that could ever take place in your life is salvation. Getting connected to God. You may be in this place and you're like, man, I'd love to connect with God, but I don't know if God connects with people like me. I'm here to tell you, God took care of that very thought. He knew that you and I were not good enough. He knew that you and I could not confidently connect to him based on our own ability. So he sent Jesus. And Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus lived a blameless life. And then Jesus took the life that he had that was qualified to truly know God. And he died on a cross for you. He died on a cross. In other words, he paid a price that you and I could never pay. So that today, in this moment, on Halloween, you'll remember this day forever, on Halloween, you could be right with God. Not because you're perfect, not because you're smart, not because you've been in church for a long time. You can be right with God because of the work of Jesus Christ. This is why I love Jesus, because he is the only reason why I can truly know God. Knowing God is everything. Some of you have been searching for fulfillment. It will never happen until you first know your creator. And if you want to know God today personally, personally, like when you walk to your truck, you can say, hey, God, how you doing? You want to know him personally. All you got to do is receive what Jesus did for you. The Bible makes it clear. All that confess Jesus as Lord and Savior 
that believe that he died for you, that believe that God rose them from the life, if you could believe that the price he paid for you was enough, I'm telling you, that relationship can begin. On the count of three, I want to know who I'm praying with, so I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in the air if you want to make a decision on Halloween to truly know God. One, two, three, raise your hands if that's you. I see those hands, I see those hands, we see those hands, we see these hands, we see rows of hands all over the place. As a church family, I'm going to ask you to pray this with me. And I don't want this to be cliche. There's always a practical step that we take in the natural that lines up with what just took place in the spirit. And what we're about to do is very natural, but it's in connection to what you believe. And when you mix what you believe with a step, I'm telling you, that's when miracles start to happen. Would you say this, say this, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, today, I call you my savior and I make you my Lord. I thank you that my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate with those that made that decision? Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.